Are you ready to make positive transformation happen for you? Today, you're going to hear how some of the most successful people in the world have made it happen. Hello, and welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership with Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. These successful people and Dr. Woolsey will share advice, insights, tips, and tricks designed to help you incite personal action. It's time to bring positive transformational leadership to your life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. Hello and welcome. This is Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey, and you are listening to Transformational Energy Leadership coming to you live from the heartland of America. Now, today I'm embarking on a two-part series on the power of storytelling. And with my guest today, we are talking about the intersection of storytelling, organizational belonging, and core values. A good show indeed. So during this show, I want to encourage everyone out there who's listening to go to my website during the commercial breaks. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com, where you can learn more about me, my business offerings, and you can also contact me by emailing me at mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. You can find me here on voiceamerica.com under the Empowerment Channel, and I'm on social media. That's LinkedIn and Facebook. So everyone out there listening, this is a live show, so feel free to call it in and engage in this conversation of storytelling. So let me tell you a little bit about today. The show is called Storytelling, Organizational Belonging, and Core Values, and my special guest is Stephen Morris. And here's a little little bit about him. He is the president of Mth Degree, that's M, lowercase th, degree. He's a brand evolution consultant, speaker, writer, and an artist. He has worked with more than 250 brands, including Samsung, NFL, Habitat for Humanity, and many, many more. Steve is a regular speaker at national and global events and has a forthcoming TEDx talk entitled The Beautiful Business. And he's authored two books, one, Brand Love and Loyalty and Humanizing the Customer Journey. And his forthcoming book is The Evolved Brand, How to Impact the World Through the Power of Your Brand. So without further ado, welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership, Stephen. Oh, good morning. Thank you. Uh, I'm so excited to be here and have this conversation, Matthew. I am too. I'm glad to have you here. So, Stephen, let's let's get right to it. I, I understand that a part of your work is based on how culture, belonging, and stories intersect. Talk with us more about what you mean by that. Yeah, so the, the lion's share of the work that I do is, uh, is really what I call brand evolution programs. So uh, I work with organizations essentially uh, during their apex of change, and sometimes that change would include a crisis, uh, such as uh, a new CEO is coming in or outside forces, uh, you know, kind of force the organization to change, like, you know, loss of uh, market share, things of that nature, or, you know, an organization merges with another organization organization or, you know, they haven't done uh, any deep, uh, really brand consideration work in, in quite a long time. Um, and so I help, I help the leaders of those organizations, first and foremost, mine the, the most deeply held beliefs of the organization. And that would include the purpose, the mission, the vision, the core values, and what I call the brand promise. And then uh, once those things are mined, we infuse them within the culture uh, and we create what we, we, we consider a deep belonging within the organizational life. And then ultimately what we do is we connect uh, those beliefs and the expression of those beliefs to the outside world, which is what we would call the most people would consider the brand itself. So the, the, this connection between culture and belonging and, and stories, um, you know, stories are the things that that bring us together and, you know, we as, uh, let's go back to our, our great, great, great or 
great, great, great times 2000 grandfathers uh, sitting around a tribal fire. And uh, we would sit and tell stories. And those stories in, in the tribal life, uh, back then the organizational uh, structure that we, that we were working within and living within, those stories would be the things that um, would always have some type of moral to them. Uh, and those things would also, the stories would also underscore here are the things that we as a culture, as a tribe, would uphold, uphold as our most deep, deeply held things, our most important operating systems. And uh, then they're evangelized throughout the tribe, and, and then the tribe is expected to live up to those uh, pat- uh, particular values. So that's kind of the, the, the high-level overview of the work that I do. Yes, I, I agree with the the power of storytelling. Is just it's it's thrives through every culture, every society. Like you said, it really predates writing and really becomes a, a ritual as you talk about it. How can organizations? Because you, you talked about mission, you talked about vision, you also talked about brand promise. You know, in fact, I'd like to ask you about that. What do you mean by brand promise? Yeah, so, okay, so let's just break it down real quick, and I'll just only talk about sort of what I, what I think are the two most important bookends in, in really uh, the organizational life or from, a, from a brand belief system, and that's purpose and promise. So the purpose is, um, it's really the big why. It's the, it's the true north that Simon Sinek uh, has talked about uh, eloquently in his books, uh, and this really goes back, so predates, predates him and goes back in, even into Greek times. Uh, mm-hmm. The purpose is the reason, the core reason that we're doing what we're doing. So one of my favorite questions that I ask uh, business leaders is, beyond making money, why does your organization deserve to exist on this planet? And the answer to that question, uh, in a very distilled way, is the purpose to the organization. Um, but that purpose needs to have something of value that we deliver to uh, somebody else outside the organization, and we call that our customer. And so that we call that then the, the promise. So if we're providing value in some way, shape, or form, we're actually stating an explicit and measurable promise to the outside world or our customers. And that promise is the thing that we, um, we, we, we explicitly say, because uh, a promise is only as good as the promise that you make and state out loud and make to somebody else. And mm-hmm. that we hold ourselves accountable for living up to. And so when I'm helping organizations create their brand promise, I do say it's, it's got to be explicit. So you have to say it in a way that the audience understands it and it creates an expectation. And then it has to be, have some measurability element to it so that you ensure that you live up to that promise to your customer. And I see how storytelling absolutely fits into both of them. I'm curious about, let's talk about core values for a moment. And, you know, how can organizations bring those core values to life through storytelling? How do you make that happen? Yeah, it's, uh, it's quite a beautiful process. I mean, every organization has their own stories that they are either aware or perhaps even unaware that they talk about. And some of those stories are the stories that really are the, the things of here's what not to do. So, you know, might talk about, uh, you know, bad employees of the past or so-and-so left without giving notice or, you know, the, things of that nature. Um, but part of the thing that I love to take organizations through from a process standpoint is to mine their most um, dearly held, closely held stories. And so we go through this identification process of identifying kind of the heroes within an organization, thinking about uh, Carl Jung's work and Joseph Campbell's work and 
and the hero's journey and really identifying what what we would consider within the organization are the the best performing and best behaving you know, not just performing from, say, a, sta- a sales standpoint, but those those people within the organization that are that are doing the best performance in a way that exemplifies how the how how the organizational leaders want most of the organization to perform at. And so, I take um, I take teams through a process of identifying maybe five or six or ten, and really depends on the number of core values and how the size of the organization, but maybe, you know, a half a dozen to a dozen stories that really bring to life what the organization wants to live up to, not just internally, but externally to the customer, and then identifying what those stories are and creating what we would call a story repository. So capturing and mining those stories, uh, simplifying in a way uh, that they can be told throughout the organization and making sure that they're captured and, and told through many different media types. So, you know, you might have uh, in some cultures, you would have, say, an intranet and, uh, you know, one organization I, I just took a, a process through, we created a story repository on their intranet and it was told through very, uh, you know, simply done uh, uh, iPhone type videos of people telling the stories of how the core values were brought to life and put up on the internet. And then those stories then become evangelized. And one of the things also that I love to do, Matthew, is is identify a, a quote-unquote name or title to the story. You know, just like, um, you know, a good book or a great movie has a great title. Uh, we also like to name those things. So like, for instance, one organization I work with, they have this thing called the fire story. And the fire story, I won't get into telling it, but it's a story of, of a fire that actually happened. And um, so when someone says, oh, tell them the fire story, you know, it, it actually is a story that really happened within the organization. And it identifies some of the key attributes of how uh, that organization stood up to uh, a really challenging situation, which was a fire within a, within a tenant office and how they dealt with that. I'm having reflections of an organization I worked at for many years, and I'm, as I'm hearing you talk about the power of story, I'm I'm having flashbacks to those moments where I felt like I really connected with the organization. There was one one story that our CEO, the founder of the organization, he would talk about. He was with some colleagues at at, at the Cans or Cons. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, and and he was with them, and they had to to flip for dinner, you know, flip a coin for dinner. And the the moral of the story at the very end of it was is that we don't overspend. We always treat others with kindness and, and charity and things like that. But it was something that always pervade everything we did. I, I remember when I would expense a meal or anything or look at my expenses, I would think, okay, what would my CEO think? You know? <laughs> so the power of stories is yeah. so so vivid and real. You know, I, as I'm hearing you talk, I know in my own work, I've done some organization development work. And when I was preparing for the show, I was thinking about what you do because it is so powerful. And there's a, 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 a format out there. It's called Appreciative Inquiry. It's a model that was developed by a David Cooper writer out of Case Western Reserve. And, you know, he, he talks about the work that he does is really collecting those stories from around an organization. And it's in those moments when things are going well is and and capturing on those and facilitating those in a way so that they're replicated into best practices. Is it somewhat like what you're doing? 
Yeah, it's it's uh, it's very similar. I'm, I'm familiar with uh, the appreciative inquiry approach, and uh, I think there's some really great things about it. I think there's there's two primary differences, uh, or perhaps uh, extensions. It's not really things that uh, I would push against in terms of the uh, appreciative inquiry approach, but they're just things that I would add on. And mm-hmm. one of which is uh, in appreciative inquiry, it tends to focus on the stories where everything went right. Um, and I actually think there's particular power in the stories where things didn't go particularly well, or they actually started off uh, in some, you know, kind of near disaster or very challenging situation, uh, like the fire story that I was alluding to a few moments ago, and how, uh, how the people within the organizations responded to that particular crisis. And and capturing the stories that really exemplify how did we deal with the crisis in, in a really profound way. And I think the, the second thing that I would add in what I consider the, the shareable narratives or the story element is how the stories delivered on the promise uh, to the customer or how they create what I call the brand experience. And so a lot of the work that I'm doing with organizations is because it's centered around brand uh, or the brand experience, and it's probably worth for everyone here listening to define what I think a brand is, uh, which is essentially the um, is how any one person or group of people experience the organization and how the organization lives up to that particular promise that uh, an organization is presenting to the outside world or their customers is, how, is what really creates that experience. And so we do a lot of work with the organizations uh, around capturing stories that kind of deliver on that promise and create that customer experience. Mm-hmm. There is definitely definitely a power when things don't necessarily go right. And in those moments are often the best learning moments. So I, I subscribe to what you're talking about. And then, of course... How are we delivering our promises? It's such a a great question we should always be asking ourselves. You know, this is a a good point for us to pause and take our first break. So what we'll do, I'll remind everyone out there, go to my website. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com. Learn more about me and what's going on. And we will return to this conversation about storytelling in two minutes. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you're lost in the dating world and need GPS, if you're stuck in dating hell and can't get out, if you're in need of a dating intervention, then Done Being Single with host Trevor and Robbie Sharp is your lifeline to love. From hookups to happily ever after, learn how to navigate single life and find the one. Tune in to Done Being Single, Saturdays, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration that opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, with award-winning authors Ariel and Shia Kane. Right here on the Empowerment Channel.
inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed taking a look at my website. So today we're talking about the power of story, organizational belonging, and core values. And with me is Stephen Morris. And Stephen, we left off the last segment talking about when we do the stories where maybe they capture some things that didn't go so well. And then also the power of really looking for organizations to look back and see how they really delivered on their promises to their constituents. And it was a good a good place to stop because I want to pick up the conversation and, and just to ask you point blank, why are these stories so important? important in organizational life? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, because it's a great question because, you know, we, we might overlook the impact of stories because they're just stories and some people might discount them and, you know, they're not necessarily connected to quote unquote hard data. Uh, and, you know, we're living in, in the world of big data. So, you know, a lot of people just want, you know, sort of the data to support things. But, you know, as you noted earlier, you know, stories predate writing and we're, 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 we as a human species are wired to belong and connect with one another. And uh, we we not just want to fit into uh, whatever the culture or organization that we're raising our hands to say we want to belong to, but we really want to belong to it. And, you know, in, in our personal lives, we choose our circle of friends. We choose our, the sports teams that we join or the clubs that we take part in. We choose the nonprofit organizations that we either serve on boards for or we contribute to. Um, you know, even when we were younger, we, we chose the school that we, that we wanted to study within. And all of those institutions have a belief system or even a value system connected to them. And, you know, the, the difference between sort of fitting in and belonging is the deep alignment of, of the value system uh, that the organization holds and the value system that we personally hold. And we know we belong to an organization, be it a, a, an organization uh, in the vocational life or in our personal lives. We know that we belong to them when we have deep connection between what we personally believe and what the organization is living up to. And it's those stories that are told, it, it essentially cre- creates traction between the beliefs within the organization and our personal beliefs 
and the behaviors within the cultural life. And I think because stories go back uh, for so long in our, you know, sort of history of humanity, that they're the thing that actually creates the biggest trust. Like if I were to tell you, Matthew, a story about, you know, my childhood and things like that, uh, you're, you're going to know that I'm not making that up or I'm probably not going to be making that up. Um, but, and you're more likely to trust me if I've unveiled and shown something uh, on the vulnerable side that lets you see me for who I actually am. And mm-hmm. I think it's stories that sort of underscore that, that, uh, that ability for we as humans to both be vulnerable and be connected to one another. Vulnerability. I am thinking about part of my journey going through, you know, through leadership and, and, and scholarly work, if you will, when I was doing my dissertation, I did an ethnographic study. And, you know, ethnography is, is going out into the field and observing and, and collecting stories of people who have similarities. And in my case, I was interviewing first-generation Asian Indian presidents at colleges and universities in the U.S. And that last point you just made, I remember I had such a powerful moment with, with one of the people I was interviewing. I had created this level of trust and tears were streaming down this person's face when talking about one of the most challenging moments in her career. And so to your point, when we're vulnerable, that's when the stories become so much more vivid and real. It's really all about giving meaning to life, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, and it and you you can feel that like the example that you just gave me like we can all lean into that particular situation and we, while we don't necessarily know that story, we know the context of that story, and the moment when you said Matthew, tears were streaming down this person's face, my heart opened energetically to that particular instance because we've all been there. We've all been there in those situations where we have shared something about ourselves in in a situation where it's probably a little bit risky and we maybe don't even know that person very well and maybe we've just met them for the first time, but because we've, we've had that ability to open up to them, uh, they then return that energy by opening up in return. It's this beautiful thing where sort of in, in the storytelling world, especially these most powerful, poignant and vulnerable stories that the, the moment that we open up is an invitation for other people to open up and do the same at the same time and truly show themselves for who they are. Mm. You're tapping into a topic I love to talk about and that's energy, but I'm, I'm going to come back to that in, in just a moment. What I'm thinking about is, of course, like we've talked about here, is when that trust is there and there's that pouring out. I also believe there's the power of when we're curious and posing and asking the right questions. There's got to be a a skill or a way to do that. What are your thoughts about the power of questions? Yeah, yeah. So curiosity is something that's, uh, I think, eroding in our current uh, modern-day digital sort of always-on society. We, we don't even have the opportunity to be bored, let alone, um, you know, look out at a wide horizon and ask the big, beautiful questions of life. Um, and so, you know, my perspective on curiosity, and I do a lot of uh, workshops and talking around the topic of curiosity, is... Um, is that it's, it's sort of the operating system to our lives as seekers. And uh, it's, 
the, the practice of active noticing is when we suspend the things that we currently know uh, and we open ourselves to the things that we don't know. And we can lean into a world of insight and opportunity by by creating the space of dynamic neutral, which is really just a definition for curiosity. And by asking the big, beautiful, and important questions and allowing those the answers to those questions come to us, whether we're asking those questions of ourselves or we're asking those questions of the people around us, and giving time and space for the answers to come forward, it can create a threshold uh, for deeper, open, uh, deeper, more open, more vulnerable, more powerful, both connectivity and, and, uh, and then storytelling. And for the listening audience out there, Curiosity, there's a recent article by HBR, Harvard Business Review, that just came out in the September-October edition, and it really hones in on this whole dimension of curiosity and why it's so valuable, so good to make ourselves suspend, as, as Steve just said here, suspend what we, what we know to really open our hearts and our minds to what we don't know and to realize what happens when when that's at play for yourself and in an organization. You know, Steve, I want to bring this back to an organization. So you talked about stories and the power of those, the things that go well, things that don't, and reflecting on the promises that were kept or perhaps were not kept. What happens when all these stories are shared in an organization? What have you seen that happens to them? Mm. So the, some of the biggest challenge we see in organizational life um, is uh, is the issue of trust, and I think it's actually at the core issue of uh, of the engagement challenges that most organizational um, uh, most organizations have, uh, especially throughout North America. But you know, it's uh, it's a kind of a worldwide thing. So you know, the recent studies by Gallup identify that um, over the last ten years. Um, the engagement within cultures hovers around 30%, which essentially translates into 30% of, of individuals within a cultural team are engaged, which means essentially 70% of those people are not. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people who are not engaged, it's been identified that there's core trust issues that have to do with um, their trust of either the organization or their coworkers or, um, or certain aspects of, of uh, the working life. And what I believe stories actually does, it begins to uh, not just break down uh, the opportunity or break down mistrust, but actually it creates trust. And it goes back to what we were just talking about. So mm. if we were to share stories to other people, like the story that you just shared uh, about this, um, this work that you've done in, in your dissertation, you actually created a situation where you created deeper trust and the story was essentially the avenue to that. So you can't really trust a person that says, trust me, but you can trust a person who unveils part of themselves through a story who says something like, you know, let me tell you about a time that uh, I was in my, some of my most uh, challenging periods of my life, how I, how I, what that was all about, how I worked through that, and what that means to me today. Now, you've done a couple things within that. You've unveiled part of yourself, shared part of yourself that's probably risky and vulnerable. Uh, you've shared who you used to be, maybe not at your best. Uh, and you've shared what you believe now to be important. And you've given then that person, the listener, 
and it could be just one listener or many listeners in a, you know, in a different format, the invitation to essentially get to know you, trust you, and then to do the same in return. Because when trust takes place, we have this foundation for other people to risk themselves. And with risk, we have, uh, with, with better trust, we have the ability to not just risk, but communicate more effectively, to, uh, to even disagree more powerfully uh, about uh, innovation issues and things like that, and to even hold each other accountable for the things that we in the organizational life are looking to live up to. You know, when I think about transformational leadership, it seems to me that it would be the best thing for a leader to embrace this approach. What What are your thoughts on that in terms of leaders and storytelling? Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. I I um in part of the work that I do, we're we're constantly working with the the leadership the leadership team and the individual leaders. And some of the work that I end up doing is. Um, just direct advisory work with, with those, uh, especially the CEO and, and folks just below that individual. And one of the things that I begin to start off with is to, especially my, you know, consulting work is to have them tell me a story of when they, they didn't have, uh, wholeheartedness in what they were doing. And what I mean by that is they were perhaps really challenged or questioned, questioning why they were doing what they're doing. You know, Seth Godin calls, uh, calls this, this, the dip, uh, is the element in, in the, our vocational or even an in innovation life is we ask ourselves the question, why am I really doing this? So I asked mm-hmm. them to tell me a story about, uh, you know, that sort of dip in their life or in their career and how they came out of that and what that means to them today. And so when they tend to lean into that storytelling, and this tends to happen in a very close setting, um, and I'm not at that point inviting them to tell their organization that story, although it, may, it might transcribe into that, uh, they tend to uh, discover what really motivates them about why they're doing what they're doing today. And it's the story that actually brings it to life, and it's a story that makes it safe enough for them to talk about those things or even identify those things that they weren't even sure that they knew more about uh, or they had a sense about, but they really couldn't put their finger on what what was the driving impetus behind the belief systems within the story and what mm. how that defines them today. I love it. Uh, I've often said on this show, words create worlds. And your example, or, or as you were explaining that, when we orate things, it does, it, it gives meaning and it creates a world of, of understanding for ourselves. Let's, let's do this. We're near a commercial break. And when we come back, let's continue talking more about story and, and the organization itself. So for everyone listening out there, go to my website and we'll be back here in just a couple of minutes. Stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you always known that something different was possible for your life and in the world? What if you could create beyond your current reality? If your relationships, finances, business, health, and life could be anything, what would they be? Join Heather Nichols for an invitation to discover what is true for you in every area of your life and for conversations loaded with pragmatic tools for how to create it. 
Listen live every Monday at noon Pacific and 9 p.m. Central European Time for Creating Beyond Reality on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We all experience grief and loss. It's not something most people like to talk about, but these topics do need to be discussed. On Let's Talk About Grief, host Addie Anderson speaks to both professionals and individuals about grief, death, and personal loss. You'll hear the important topics, the personal and professional outlooks, and learn how to prepare yourself and loved ones when the need arises. Listen Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. The White House Doctor Makes House Calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back. Here we are. I'm with my guest, Steve Morris and, Morris, and we're discussing how storytelling, organizational belonging, and core values all intersect. And you know, Steve, in, in the last segment, we were talking about questions. How do you frame them? The power of questions, really. And I think there's a little bit more there that we, we need to tie up before we, we you know move on to the next topic. And I wanted to dig in a little bit with you, and let's talk more about this, about curiosity. And I know you've got a point of view on this. Yeah, so some of the work that I do, uh, not just in organizational life, but I, I run sort of you know, quasi-public workshops on on not just curiosity, but uh, elements of curiosity and how we can tap into more curiosity in, in our both personal and our vocational worlds. Uh, and one of the exercises that I take people through is um, is this the, it's sort of the art of asking beautiful questions. And so I've done a, uh, a lot of work with uh, the poet and philosopher David White, who is uh, an uh, uh, English-Irish uh, poet, and he does a lot of organizational work. And I worked with him for a year up at Whidbey Islands in this program called Invitas. And one of the things that he would define as a beautiful question is that it's a question that is, it's, it cannot be answered by the strategic mind alone. And there's a lot of things that can actually frame a beautiful question, but it's really, you know, we all walk around with, um, we, we get, we tend to get into, into cul-de-sacs of thinking. And so uh, we walk around with, you know, maybe the same five to seven ideas, thoughts, or questions in our everyday life that, that are really kind of the core of what we're bumping up into. And one of the key principles in the work of Invitas is to uh, is to stop doing something, and sometimes it's to stop asking yourselves the same question 
that you've been asking yourself for some time and instead perhaps turn that into a more beautiful question, which would be defined as, you know, one that can't be answered by the strategic mind alone. Uh, it's a question that doesn't have an easy answer. It's a question that would also reorient ourselves to a different horizon or trajectory within our lives. Um, so for me, you know, a beautiful question that I pulled out of one of my journals some time ago was, am I, uh, am I studying to be, or are the things that I'm practicing, the things that I, uh, that are going to ultimately define who I want to be? And unfortunately, that the answer to that question was no. And so really a lot of the, the habits or the things that I was doing was not um, really underscoring or creating the person that I ultimately wanted to become. And so it really caused me to ask and answer some very beautiful questions within my life uh, that re- redirected where my uh, vocational direction was actually going. And the, the other part of the beautiful question is that it's, it's one that doesn't have any right to go away, and it's one you kind of have to live with right away because, you know, we're, we're so, uh, most of us in the professional world, we're, we're so strategically driven that we can answer questions very quickly from the strategic mind, which has to do with, well, here's what I should do, here are the three steps, here's the right trajectory, here's the right strategy, here's the right approach, versus making sure that you're formulating a question that can actually take you into new and different places within not just your personal life, but your vocational life. So the, I, I believe the art of asking beautiful questions is quite a powerful thing for, for many of us. I, the beautiful question. I, what you're talking about there, making us really think or making us respond and we can't do it from a strategic mind makes perfect sense to me because I know when I'm working with clients in a coaching setting, a coach cannot coach someone when they're responding from logic, that feelings and emotions are so powerful. And until we tap into those like you said, we'll, we'll, we'll remain routine. And so what you're saying here is really powerful. And I'm thinking, so how can I pragmatically for a moment put this into work and in, into play in my work, for example, or for the listeners out there who are thinking about, well, how do I do that with the people that I'm working with? And what I hear you saying is, so for example, let's say an employee comes up and has been given the opportunity to take on a new task or perhaps even relocate or something of that nature, that instead of just as the leader and as their confidant saying, well, here's what you need to think about, turn it around into a beautiful question. What, how does mm-hmm. this fit yeah. into who you want to be? Is it, and that's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, I think it's... it's you know, instead of the mind responding to a question that would be formed in the work environment or, or uh, again, otherwise, I wonder how we could lean our whole body or our wholeheartedness or our, even our emotional selves into how, the, how, the, how our emotional response to the question feels. So, for instance, if I would ask the question to myself, you know, what am I all about? Um, you know, I could have a potentially a strategic answer to that, you know, which would go through the list of my accomplishments and the things that I do on a day in and day out basis. But if I leaned into a different part of me, which would be more the, the, the heart centered self or the energetic self, I would lean into, 
how do I feel about what I'm all about? And how, how would I formulate a language-oriented response to that particular emotion? And the answer to that could be formulated in lots of different ways, which would have really nothing to do with the, the list of accomplishments and my, my looking forward to-do list. Absolutely. You know, you've brought up the you brought up energy here and of course I, I subscribe so much to the to the belief that the energy that we bring, especially as leaders, that we, we bring into the organization when we're at our when we're bringing that positive energy, I, I call that the anabolic where it's growth oriented. And sometimes, and let's face it, we all have the combination of both positive energy and then the negative that I call anabolic that's, you know, it's, it's destructive. And we all have a certain amount of both in us. Hopefully, we have more positive. And so my my question back to you is, how do you view the energy that a leader has in in terms of storytelling? Mm. Oh, that's a great question. Well, I'm, I'm not sure I really thought about that deeply, but... Um, well, I suppose that I have in certain ways because, you know, when we think about leadership, we think about the energy that the leader puts out as setting the energetic tone for the organization. And that could be, you know, like a, you know, a five person organization or, you know, uh, you know, an organization like Amazon where, you know, Jeff Bezos and his particular energy would set the energetic tone for the culture, uh, which also then begins to determine what the core values are and, and things of that nature. And I think a leader needs to be aware of um, both the energy that they're that they're putting out, uh, how people feel feel about them. So, you know, eighty percent of our sensory input is visual. So, and this goes back into uh, while we tell stories, we can actually share stories. So, when we think about when we're in front of someone and our body language, our facial expressions, the, our posture says as much about how we're sharing that story as how we're as to what we're saying so a leader needs to be acutely aware of the energy that they're sending out but i also think you know leaders need to be acutely aware of the energy that that they're that they're expelling and part of the work that i do with, with within the leadership world is wholeheartedness it has to do with you know leadership and wholeheartedness and how are how are the leaders showing up as their whole person, not just their vocational professional selves coming forward into, into the cultural environment, but how are they bringing their true authentic self, uh, including their authentic inner voice, uh, including the, their most deeply held beliefs, how are they bringing that into their world? And so the, I think the energy is, is of utmost importance in that particular realm. And that goes to their personal energy and to the energy that they're expressing out into the culture. So you said you haven't thought about it much, but I'll tell you, Steve, you just, you, you gave me a, a lot of stuff there. Uh, what, you know, the empathy piece comes through when you talked about paying attention to a body language and, and, you know, the things that we're doing, the energy that we expel, and then that circles back to who we are internally, authentic, our authentic self. You also mentioned core value. We've got just a couple minutes before break, and I, I want to make sure we touch on that too, that how do we ensure that the core values and stories help inform the customer's experience or our constituents, our, our clients that we're working with? 
Yeah, so core values uh, are the operating system to a culture. Um, so if we think about like a computer and uh, as a metaphor here and the, uh, you know, so you have like the components, which would be the hard drive and the motherboard and the RAM and all that kind of thing. Um, but every computer needs sort of a, an operating system, which defines the, uh, how the, how the computer behaves and how the computer interfaces with the, the persons that might be using that computer. And I think core values are, are the operating system to the culture that connect to the belief systems of the organization. So essentially the, the, um, they're where the beliefs turn into action and, uh, they're the most exemplified, um, actionable behaviors that we want to see within a, a particular organization. So the core values, I think, are really, really important, and I think they should also be written in the fabric of the brand personality. So, you know, let's say uh, Patagonia and Nike might both have a core value of innovation, but the way that each of those two different organizations would approach innovation as a core value would not just be written very differently, but it would be exemplified through behaviors very differently. It all comes down to where where that the data that feeds the belief and the meaning that's given to everything that you talked about. The and that's how the core values are are exemplified. Let's you know what. Let's take a break here, and when we come back, let's wrap things up and and give our listeners some things to be thinking about that they can employ right after the call today. So for everyone out there, stay tuned. We'll be back here on the other side in two minutes. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. What makes you a success? Is it your business or career? Is it your family and social life? How do you achieve the next level in your success? Tune in to Infinite Success Radio with host Rachel O'Brien Eddy. Rachel and her amazing guests are here to encourage, inspire, and empower you to take control of your destiny and achieve the level of success you were born to reach. How do ordinary people become extraordinary? Find out with Infinite Success Radio, broadcasting live every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. 
to reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. Now, today's show is called Storytelling, Organizational Belonging, and Core Values. And my guest, Steve Morris, and I have been exploring all these facets, the power of story when creating the optimal, most powerful organizational culture, and even at the personal level as well. And, you know, Steve, when we reflect on the conversation, we've covered a lot of terrain since we've been on on the show together today. And when you think back and and step back and, and had to distill the key points that you want our listeners to be thinking about after the show today, what would be those three or four action items or, or points for them to be thinking about? Yeah, that, certainly we've covered a lot of ground and um, it's been, uh, boy, we, there's a lot of stuff that we could delve into here. But, you know, if, I, if I'm thinking about the big walkaways or takeaways for this, is the first invitation would be to have courage and curiosity. And what I mean by that uh, in the leadership world is, first and foremost, to have courage to explore what you most deeply believe and, um, and to go delve into those beliefs from uh, really understanding what you're living up to and what your potential living up to is. Uh, and then to listen closely to your authentic inner voice, um, and this goes for the leadership inner voice, but also the organizational inner voice. And be sure that you have the opportunity within your organization to capture that inner voice and, and then have the curiosity to understand what the stories are that brings those most deeply held beliefs into authentic action that can be shareable and evangelized throughout not just your organization, but even into your customer experience. And then I, the second invitation I think I would make is that uh, is for leaders to lean into the wholeheartedness within within your organization. And you know, one of the things when we think about wholeheartedness, um, uh, and, and especially as it relates to its opposite sort of exhaustion, is that wholeheartedness can be an antidote to exhaustion. So when we're uh, in the organizational world, we can face burnout and um, and and significant challenge. Uh, rest and retreat is not necessarily the right remedy for all those things, but rather wholeheartedness and really doubling down into your most deeply held beliefs, your sustaining purpose or your true north, and then applying those things into your world. And then lastly, uh, obviously, as we talked about a lot today, you know, mind the best stories of your organization. And I think that those stories are the best stories are not just the stories of where everything went right, but maybe, uh, and those stories where things were, you know, started with exponential challenge or even crisis and how we rose from our deepest character to, uh, to meet the demands that were called upon in those particular moments and to evangelize and tell those stories as much as we possibly can. There you have it. Have courage and curiosity. We spent a lot of time talking about that, what that means, and to really challenge yourself to, to put away or set aside your the, the point of views that are so powerful to you and to open yourself up and really discover what's out there. I will also take away from that part for, of our conversation the beautiful question that you pose, that ask yourself the beautiful question of, am I doing now 
where I want to be? It, are my actions in alignment with who it is that I, I aspire to become and be? So I'm, I'm going to take that away. It's really powerful. And I like the leaning in wholeheartedness. I think it's a really good thing when you said when we're tired, we, there are times it's not just rest and retreat, but actually double down on what's truly meaningful for you and where your, your values are. And that'll be exhibited throughout the organization. People will feel that and see that. And of course, mining the best stories and the other great thing that you brought up was, hey, we have a lot to learn from the stories where things didn't go so well. And look look what happened. Mm-hmm. So all really three wonderful th- takeaways for us. You know, Steve, before you go, where, if our, our listeners want to contact you, how can they best get a hold of you? Yeah, so through my website, uh, com. it's T-H-E-M as in Mary, T-H, and then the word degree.com. Uh, there's all kinds of tools and, and free resources, including a uh, very significant uh, uh, ebook uh, download that people can get on their homepage that talks about some of these things that we cover here today, uh, not just from a brand perspective, but from a cultural perspective and how organizations at really any size can capture their purpose and their promise and infuse it within their organization and actually deliver on that promise to their, their customers. Um, so it's dmpdegree.com. And if anyone wants to email me, they can just email me at steven, S-T-E-V-E-N, at dmpdegree.com. Fantastic. And I, I can't let you off the hook by asking, so Steve, what are you reading right now? What are you doing to continually develop yourself? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that's a, <laughs> a great question. So I've got a long list of books, in fact. I, so I, I, I probably read slash listen to maybe four books a month. So um, currently, uh, a, a very, very dear friend of mine just sent me his brand new book, and it's just uh, it's actually an advanced copy of it, and it's a book called Scramble. And it's a business thriller written by Marty Nurmeyer, uh, who's uh, a fellow brand strategist like myself and you know very well known in the brand strategy world. And it's really all about how to um, apply agile strategy, uh, agile thinking, um, and you know as we think about agile in in mm-hmm. the development world, we can apply that to how that works within organizational life and, and design oriented thinking. And then the other book that I'm reading is. Um, is a book that it goes back to, um, uh, I don't know, it's probably 15 years old, but it's, it's called You Inc. by Harry Beckwith. And, oh, yes. uh, it's <laughs> just a whole bunch of beautiful wisdom about the art of, uh, of positioning and selling yourself. And it's, uh, it's what he would consider as a defining guide to, uh, career personal success. Um, it's a so great those book. are the two <laughs> things that are on my bookshelf right now. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. I know I don't know if you were planning to uh, share that, but I appreciate it. I lo- I'd love to hear what others are reading. And Scramble sounds like a really good one as I'm running into agile thinking in different domains of my work. So, Steve, I can't thank you enough for being on the show today. Really, really appreciate this. And for all of my listeners out there, next week we'll continue this journey on storytelling. What does that mean? And we'll do it from a different angle next week. So until next time, everyone out there, harness your positive energy and lead transformation. Talk with you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Transformational Energy Leadership. Please join Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey again for another edition next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.